know. As long as it's not long. Okay, well, we can... I don't want strangers tuning into the podcast and then tuning out because, yeah. Welcome to SDS, the parkour podcast. We haven't been around for a while, but we're back now. Um, so take it away. What do you want to talk about today? Yeah, and maybe as part of the intro, I'm Renee. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm Tom. And... We're a bunch of old parkour heads, and this is a place where we talk about things going on in the world of parkour and give opinions that you hopefully, probably won't get anywhere else. There, that's the rest of the intro. Okay. Now that's everything. But we actually haven't done one of these recordings in a little while because summer ends up... We, we got some weird summers. I actually want to... So first of all, summer. Okay. Before we even get into what's happening right now, let's let's fill in the blanks here. I, for the last few years, have foolishly gone into summer thinking I am going to get to enjoy the weather. And I, I did, but not, not as much as, as I think my expectations were. I, I always go in thinking, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to get to train a whole bunch. I'm going to get to go places. I'm going to stack up clips. And then slowly but surely, I feel like summer just, well, sorry, not slowly, Quickly, summer goes by, but all all of the free weekends, all of the free time that I was supposed to have, that none of it exists. Yeah, we. we I think we we. I, I'm in the same boat. I feel like I'm start. I start to look forward to like a leisure summer of like going out and like enjoying like the weather because it's not often that we get really great weather, and uh, and train a bunch and. Yeah, it just it always slips away from us, and a big part of that is um, SPL and building up into like going through an SPL season and just planning for um, this year's World Championship event, which happened back in August. Um, it's October. <laughs> it's October. Yeah, yeah. It's officially October, and we completely like like every, everything felt like it was. We were just consumed by you know this this task of putting this thing together, and we just <laughs> I don't want to say we lost another one, but it feels like that a little bit because mm. we also have the the events leading up to in in late July we had an event. Uh, if we go back, so we did. We did the USPK National, and that was mid to late July, right? That was, right. yeah, yeah, it was July. And then June was, was it, was there? Were we in Tempest? We were at Tempest in June. We were in Tempest that? in June, I think. And then on top of that, it's, 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 uh, it's camps at the gym. Yeah. It's the whole, for me, it's, it's figuring out staffing and, you know, seeing, who and when, like who, who's available when I ended up working and I'm still uh, like scheduled on weekends. And even though like, I feel like I've lived this life for the last decade where I don't have a traditional weekend. Like I don't have a Saturday, Sunday and I'm, I'm good with that. The problem is that everyone wants to make plans on a Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And so like the better days for me, I'll be like, who's up for a Thursday <laughs> <laughs> to, to go somewhere and, and train? It just doesn't, doesn't pan out. And a lot of the stuff I want, like I wanted to, uh, I ended up going down to Seattle one weekend and I kind of just let, it was almost like a, a rip off the bandaid moment for me. Cause I, I just was like, I keep saying I'm going to visit Seattle again. 
And I thought about it and I'm like, man, I haven't been to Seattle since before COVID. Mm, so it's yeah. a lot. I was like, that's like, that's like three, four years now. And it was probably just for an event that we were, that we were running at the yeah. time. So to actually just go and train. And so they were having a jam and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. But I, I envisioned it like in the summer, I envisioned going there more than once with like a crew of guys and yeah. that just never happened. Well, it's, it, it feels like that's what we used to do. Yeah. And then I don't know how we pulled it off. Cause when you say used to, it's like, it was still, that was in the early gym. And I mean, the gym was less busy, so we didn't need yeah, as much yeah, staff. But, but we weren't, we weren't filling our summers with, uh, SPL events. That's true. I mean, I there's that one summer that we did like, a, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember how many events we did, but it was like eight or something like that across North America. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, that was too much, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's. Yeah, it, it feels like we go into summers optimistic and then mm -hmm. it just, but the thing is, you went to, you traveled a lot this year, actually. I did. So outside of even SPL events, you, so you did go to Seattle, you went to Boston, Montreal, and New York in that one trip. Mm -hmm. um, that was pre, because when, that was for Hubble which was in May. It was Hubble and Move mm -hmm. NYC. Mm -hmm. and did i get that right that was may or is that june yeah <laughs> i don't know it all, it's all kind of a blur it seems like it was just like a week ago <laughs> yeah because well so and that was that was actually a week before that whole thing was we were at tempest mm -hmm. so it was tempest one weekend then move nyc then you went to montreal and then you came down to boston for that weekend so that was just a crazy month of doing stuff Mm -hmm. But so like half of it was like training and the other half a little bit, a little bit of work. But I, I feel like we used to be able to get out for sessions and like film mixtapes and things like that. And that just, it's like, oh yeah, we're going to like film so many things this, this year. <laughs> it just yeah. never happened. See, what I'm doing in my head right now is I'm trying to think who did I have working at the gym who was covering all of like the Saturday stuff. Yeah. Because again, I, I don't feel like in the last decade I've ever had a traditional, like I have Saturdays and Sundays. I, I, uh, I worked Sundays a lot and then I didn't for a bit and now I'm back on. And I, I like that shift because that's like one of our, our busiest days to get kids in. And so uh, I feel like I'm bringing value to the gym and able to like have oversight into what's happening on again, like one of our busiest days. So it's, it's important for me right now to be scheduled on that day. Saturday, I'm not scheduled, but a lot of people that would go out, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're on, uh, they're on schedule. And yeah, it's like, I, I don't know how we coordinated it back in the day. It must've been someone that wasn't as much in the culture was working this, or, or we just like, you know, coached in the morning and then went out or something. That could have been a big part of it too. Well, that definitely happened on Sundays because we would coach and then we would do Sunday session after. Yeah. Well, there was a point where I took, I took like a three, four, like, so Sunday sessions, the, the infamous Sunday sessions of Vancouver. I've seen people take that title, by the way. <laughs> it's, but it's that, I own that. I own crazy. that alliteration. That's my. You can't. No, you can't own that. 
<laughs> um, so Sunday sessions, I was doing those, uh, I, was, I was organizing those before opening the gym. So these go back like 15 years. and Before I, think, I even arrived. That was the first time I met you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and by you guys, I mean you, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the rest the of the original scene. crew, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then I opened the gym and I just kind of got busy. And the gym kind of served this purpose of, because we, we used to have so much open gym at that during that era too, of like the first couple of years of yeah. the gym, where I just didn't feel like, oh, I don't need to do this anymore. People can come to the gym whenever they want and meet up and I don't need to foster the community that way. So I just stopped doing them. And it wasn't until actually uh, 2016, I think, is when I started doing them again because it was after coming back from my Achilles injury. And I can't remember what sparked it. I think I think just like some of the complaints got to me of people just saying like, oh, there's not enough outdoor community anymore. And it was just kind of like this whole like, I'll show you sort of thing uh, that that motivated me to to start doing them again because I was like, no, I still train outside. I just don't do anything to like collectively bring people together anymore. And you know what? That yeah. might have been what it was then. Like a Sunday, I think we would definitely because we would still train mm -hmm. but we thought of, instead of it was like sunday session it was like it was more private sessions yeah we'd have a core group that would go out on yeah saturdays and sundays because those are the best days often to go explore and hit up spots because a lot of businesses are closed and so you could get access to certain things like you know this like we, you know we were just the other day uh getting you're getting a clip and you want to go back and film it, but we were talking about the timing and it's like, oh, we can't actually yeah. go during like a weekday noon. It would have to be an evening. It's going to be too dark now. It's going to be too dark. So it has to be a weekend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and even then, I don't know. We'll see. It might get, might get kicked pretty quick, but we'll see. The thing is like, we still have done some stuff. <laughs> like something I wanted to bring up, which is, and maybe with me, this can be a nice little trans transition is you, um, you finished filming some, your, your project, did the project, the one that we've been talking about for years now. This is my whisper platform. <laughs> your whisper. What does that mean? <laughs> In the promotion. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, there we go. The whisper platform. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. We've been whispering about this for the last couple of years now and, and mm. it's finally finished filming. And, uh, so I don't know, I'll put you on the spot here. Is there any, any dates that you want to announce? I, yeah, I just, so I've been filming this for anyone that hasn't heard me talk about it. I've been filming, I, I conceptualized this project six years ago. So like pretty much probably to the day now. So it was, was fall of 2017. Wow. Where I, I just felt like I had come back. This is when I come back from, um, as I already mentioned, uh, tearing my Achilles tendon. It was like two years after the fact. And I was like, you know, I got better at parkour and I haven't done a project in a while. And it was, there was one day where I, I did one jump and I realized there was like a plyo I could do. And then I realized from the plyo, there was like this extended line and it was like one of my favorite types of lines. And I thought, if I do this, I don't want to post it on Instagram. I wanted to make a video. Um, and I started to come up with a theme around it and then started this search for this really, for me, ambitious list of lines to do. 
that took us all the way to to now. And a big a big hurdle was actually trying to find someone to make it with me because I also had this idea of making it more cinematic and not just like, hey Tom, you hold the my phone for me or <laughs> the camera that we that we have. So that took a while too. Like I didn't really feel like it kicked off until 2019, but I do have some clips that are, I, I think I still have one clip from 2017. Oh, wow. <laughs> that I haven't posted from, uh, yeah, from the end of that year or at least, at least 2018. I definitely have clips from 2018. So here we are. Um, I had another hurdle in the middle of it that I got past and I was set out like this year thinking, I would give a, give a go at like two, the two hard, hardest things on the whole list of the project. And I, and I did them both. Um, pretty, uh, pretty cool to see these happen because, or to know they happen, I guess. Um, because I know they were, they've been haunting you for so long. Um, that is the word, but yeah, haunting. Yeah. But not only are, have, have been haunting you, but, you've you hit this big pretty big speed bump with your knee injury and then to have having done both of these hard having gotten these like hard clips after is pretty um i don't know i'm, I'm not gonna say inspiring because i'm not really inspired by a lot of things in parkour but i would say it's 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 uh commendable i'll say yeah super cool um so i don't know do we have a date yet <laughs> so again back to the making part okay yeah uh, i just texted mateo last because i was gonna i was trying to get him to cut me a trailer for right. join or die M mateo is a is the he's the filmmaker the person you partnered with to make this mm -hmm. to get it done yeah and that that's been one of the hardest things about it is is uh scheduling like i couldn't just Part of some of the challenges was I would have to break them. So if there was like a, a, a difficult jump, I'd have to break it and then call him up and be like, okay, I'm ready to, to shoot. Like I would have mm -hmm. to get, you know, 90% way to be completing a line before scheduling with him. Cause we, I did a couple shoots with him that were just duds where we would go out and I wouldn't be able to hit anything that I had wanted to hit that day. Um, interesting enough that the, the two <laughs> that I got done, the first time I did them was, was with him, was with him there shooting. Right. Yeah. Um, so no date, but I, I, I am looking at, no, I do think it's possible to get it out before the end of November. There's some other projects and I don't, I'm trying not to let them get in my head. I mean, other people's projects that I know have like announced release dates and I don't, I'm trying to like, okay, not have the same release date as them. I think, you could say uh, uh, Bryce Clark and Joshua Chen Cavaliers project might have us. I don't think it's going to have a similar vibe, but some of the things that they've been posting in terms of description of it, I guess, are, um, I don't know. I, I That one struck to me as like, I don't want to release around the same time as this mm. because I don't. I feel like the, there's, there could be some similarities that are drawn and I don't want there to be, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Um, and I wouldn't want that for them either. I'd, I'd, I'd like to be separate. So 
Uh, I think they're looking at December. And so for me, it's like, okay, this has to be in November. That also looks like it's going to be like a longer piece. Yeah. And I just shot like a bunch of uh, interview type stuff with Matteo recently. And I had this idea that like, oh, we should try to weave this into the edit. And now after recording it, I don't want to as much. I want to just kind of go back to like, maybe this is just an action edit. And maybe there's a little bit of me in there talking. But I almost, because there is this whole story now of like, all right, why did it take so long to film this? And is that, does that add to the project? You know, I guess I'm kind of torn right now of like, does it, does it add to the project if I am including a bit of the story? Like, hey, this started six years ago. I totally messed up my knee. Doctor said I should stop doing parkour. Ended up getting the two hardest lines of the whole project at the, you know, after the fact. But I, it, <laughs> I feel like we have an abundance of action edits in parkour. Mm. And so it's hard for me to talk about at length, though, and feel genuine. I don't think it should be at length. It should be, I think. <laughs> Okay, we can talk about this more <laughs> another time yeah. because I have—I don't know—I I have some some thoughts around sure. it. And it's hard to articulate it. Yeah, I mean, perfectly on camera. I'd appreciate comments and stuff too. I think it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd appreciate like any anyone anyone leaving a comment or kind of just uh, yeah, vote in. I guess if you <laughs> if you think I should uh, go one way or the other with it. Because uh, I think as an action edit, you're, we're looking at like probably like a four to five minute type thing that's like doesn't have filler. You know, it has some some preps and there's no. I, I didn't actually. Well, I had one bail towards the end because I rolled my ankle pretty savagely, so that's in there. But that's not gonna. Uh, it's not gonna lengthen it by a yeah, great deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just that would be part of the action, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you'll have like establishing shots and things mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. But. Um. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to finally see the whole thing because I, I haven't seen everything that you've yeah, done. I've been intentionally keeping, you know, when we were showing um, Ollie's video, uh, which that one's a different one because that one actually, I just finished editing that and that's actually going to be up on uh, YouTube possibly. I don't know when this is going to air, but, you know, possibly a week from when, when this airs. I think it's our next YouTube releases, we start to getting back into putting up YouTube content uh, is uh, Desenis. Desenis. Uh, <laughs> is Olivier Leclerc's, uh, he decided to go with that as, as like, this is, you know, 10 years of parkour, but that's something I think, I guess that's like a two year project for him because he was stacking clips and then savagely destroyed his ankle i think it's i think it's been longer than two years but mm -hmm. yes he did savagely destroy his ankle that's how i would describe it mm -hmm. um and it actually the cool thing about it and and watching it it's so apparent and it was obvious when it was happening but it was it's so apparent how much his style has been shifted mm -hmm. as a result of it um for the better i mm -hmm. think um but i you should really watch it when it comes out Disney. it was i thought you did a great job on the edit it really has this feeling that there's multiple parts um, and it tells a little bit of a story while still being an action edit and there's no talking mm. so um 
But yeah, I, I loved it. And I, and uh, I think, and I don't know if you want to use this little segue opportunity to talk about that this aired at the... Mm. I, I, at PKBC. PKBC 17. I think, we'll, I think we'll, we'll uh, steer back to that. Um, part of the reason I brought it up just now is, is because uh, you had a nice woo at the end of it, at the end of the screening. Like while I was watching it? Yeah, I don't want to shout on, on the oh, microphone right yeah, now. Yeah, I gave a woo. There, yeah. were, there were some crowd reactions and a woo. And I, I, and so because you said that for my project, you haven't seen some stuff. And I knew yeah. for that. There were maybe there was a like lot one or two seen, things yeah. that you hadn't seen. I mean, I filmed like the first half, yeah. the first part <laughs> of it. And then I, there's a lot of the stuff after a certain point I didn't, mm. I had never seen. So there was some stuff I hadn't seen until he gave me the, the footage. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's, there's like a bunch of stuff I, I ended up shooting as well. Um, later, like the, the later end yeah. of the, um, project. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, intentionally, um, there's, there's, I think the only person, there's only two people that have like seen everything and it's uh, Mateo and Gloria. Those are the mm -hmm. only, those are the only two people that have like seen everything uh, that I shot for this. And I intentionally did that just because I would like my other friends to have reactions. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think about this and um, I've been thinking about this a lot and I know there's, this is starting to actually become more commonplace, but screenings of mm -hmm. videos when they come out, I think yeah. are really, really, really cool. When um, we were at Hubble and they had the film mm -hmm. festival there, I uh, I remember thinking like, oh, this is so much cooler to like watch these mm -hmm. with a bunch of people who get it. And it's a really, it, it just puts you, it, it makes you like more stoked about the thing, like the cool mm. stuff that happens yeah. because you hear other people's reactions and then you react and mm -hmm. it's like this whole like vibe. It's like when you watch a, a comedy or like you're at a comedy show and it's like, it's way funnier when you're watching with somebody else who's finding it funny because you feed off of the energy and the laughter. Uh, I think it's a similar vibe to parkour screenings. And I think that was present also at this film festival. Um, and I was just thinking about how, uh, like, like they, uh, the commons did a, a screening of dive holes when that first came out and it was cool. Like Dylan like recorded it for me so I could like hear people's reactions. And that was like really, really cool to, to hear and stuff. And I, but I wish I was there cause mm -hmm. it would, I feel like it would elevate the experience a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe this is, this is like a new trend that's happening in the parkour world, which I really love is the whole concept of the screening. I know Project Next Gen did their screening. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss it. There's there's one happening uh, tomorrow. Oh. This uh, is, yeah, this is Wednesday. Boston. Yeah, this oh, is Wednesday in yeah. Vancouver. I fly to Boston tomorrow. Yeah. But I miss the screening because I get there at like midnight. So yeah, so there's that. There's also Nate. Is mm -hmm. Nate is, is having a uh, a screening of his project Try Less in, at the Tempest headquarters, mm -hmm. and they're also it's like a double feature with William Spencer, mm -hmm. and uh, and so that's actually a really cool concept. And just thinking about how I like the direction this is going because mm -hmm. it really feels like you know it's bringing people together to be a part of the project instead of just like distributed watching it on your phone on YouTube or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so do you think you'll do a screening of your video? Yeah, that, that, I mean, the plan was to get it 
done by PKBC. And I knew even when, because uh, I had two shoots or two attempts at getting the final line. And even if I had completed it on the first shoot, I don't think it would have been enough time mm. to get the edit out. Uh, so I just kind of, I kind of just told myself, okay, I'm going to just be happy that I've done the hard part and my part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and now it's just like, we have, um, I feel like two overthinkers that now need to <laughs> try to edit this thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, he, he we did talk about deadline, uh, November's cool. Um, you know, at, at most we have just under two months if I, if I stretch that to the end of November, but, but I, I do want to have a screening and then, uh, an official, uh, internet release. For um, it. this reminds me, uh, never mind. I'll, we'll talk about this okay. off camera. But uh, on, as you want to stay on the top, on the topic of screenings and. Uh, and I mean, I've said what I wanted to say okay. about screenings, which is cool, but there's, we could talk about, yeah, there's more. a couple more things I wanted to hit on here. Um, so again, we'll move on from, from any talk about my project. I think that's enough whispering. <laughs> I'll get to the next phase eventually <laughs> where I tease it, <laughs> getting past the whisper phase. So, uh, yeah, the PKBC film festival, which is something that I, I can't remember the exact year, but I, I just kind of. Uh, guessed it was like eight years ago we did one and we had like Julian Buffaro, Finn Kubit, Rodrigo Pampin. Those were some of the submissions at the time. And I don't know why I didn't do it again. I, I want to blame SPL <laughs> that I was just too caught. Like we PKB's, taking away summers, taking away, taking away film festivals. <laughs> yeah. This other, this other uh, venture, but you know, bringing joy to to more people, I guess you could say. Uh, but just putting together the jam that was this was the 17th annual uh, PKBC. Uh, so putting together that jam, which used to feel so much bigger, um, and then kind of just took a hit because I feel like because of SPL, because it was always like I, we got to do the regional qualifiers, we got to do. SPL or former, formerly NAPC at the gym. And that takes up like just not just the, the closure, the, the time, sorry, the, the gym closure that we have to schedule for it, but also like the weeks leading up to it, just everything is, is really hyper-focused on that. And then trying to find somewhere in the calendar where the weather is still good enough to have like a jam and get people to come out again yeah. for it. Just seemed really hard to do. And so uh, a lot of last minute planning would go into uh, previous years, but this, this year felt good. Um, was able to space it so that it, it occurred at the, the end of September. Mm -hmm. uh, the weather's still good. It didn't rain. Oh my goodness. We got the best weekend of weather ever. Yeah. And it was sandwiched by rain on yeah. both sides. Um, I would like to do it beginning of summer. Um, mm, perhaps in yeah. 2024, uh, if I can plan ahead enough, I already, we, this is we one didn't... of my favorite PKBCs, I think. Yeah. No, me too. I yeah. think, and, and we've had some really good ones in past years, but this one might've been the best All right, what, top three. Can you, know? you, can you potentially talk about what, what did it for you? Okay. Um, 
The I would say the jam at UBC went super well. And the reason I think it went super well was because we had no issues with getting like kicked out from any spots. The map worked well where people were like dis like like knew where they could go to train without being super uh, like too busy at a spot. So like mm -hmm. there was groups that kind of like, like satellite groups can, kind can of Can you going fill by. in, so the map was like, I, I'd, I'd like you to talk about it sure. um, to, to um, our viewers here. So what we did, <laughs> what we did at uh, PKBC this year was we created a spot map for the two days for um, where the jamming was taking place. So on Saturday we were at UBC and we created a spot map that included uh, not all of the spots, but some of the key ones that would, um, you know, make sense to, you know, be able to host a number of people to be able to train at without being too overwhelmed or, um, and with close enough proximity to other spots, right? There's other spots that are around, but you might have to walk an additional 15 minutes or something like that to get somewhere. Um, whereas all of these spots were pretty close together. So we created those, those, uh, those maps, distributed them to people who were to, uh, attending the jam. We had uh, you know, an uh, intro to training outside workshop that, that took place. Uh, and then anybody who didn't need that workshop could go and train at some of the spots and maybe they went with a satellite group somewhere or trained, um, uh, trained somewhere else. And then after that we had kind of a stick competition, which is a tournament playing STK. And that culminated in a final, which, uh, you know, was pretty fun to watch. It was at a really fun spot for playing that game, I think, because of the varied challenges that you could find there. Yeah, it was an old, old alley. And it, it actually had a, I remember walking up to it and just like really digging the vibe because I got there, like we had it scheduled for three o'clock. I was actually just wrapping up a challenge <laughs> at a spot and I was like, oh shoot, I have, okay, got to start actually going for it. <laughs> Here we go. And, and then I uh, got on my bike and headed up to the spot and like a lot of people were already there and it was just cool kind of like cruising up on this alley that was just filled with people doing like precision jump challenges. Yeah, yeah, it was super cool. Uh, so that was that was really fun. I actually would have maybe liked to participate in it. Maybe that's what I would have done to get more out of it, like personally. Um, but other than that, it was still pretty fun to watch. It did kind of go on a little bit long towards the end, but overall, it was it was it was still very fun to. to We're still within see. time, though. Yes, that, you're <laughs> not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but the last couple of games, I guess, because it is like the better athletes coming together, yeah. started to take a little bit, a little bit longer because it was harder to get each other out. Yeah. Um, but it was some really cool, surprising saves and like things mm -hmm. like that that happened. Mm -hmm. um, that was super fun. And then Saturday night, we went back to the gym and had the film festival, which I, we already talked about how that was fun. Sunday was great, similar format, but this time downtown, intro workshop to training outside, people were at satellite spots. And then maybe the highlight of the weekend for me was the 1v1 freestyle battles, where we built like a little setup at an existing park that had some structures already. 
and I, you know, we got to watch some of our students or 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 peers or you know athletes compete at uh, in this one v one tournament bracket. I was a judge. It was super fun to to watch what some people came up with, and overall, I think it was just like a really cool vibe. People walking up like off of the street, like watching and like, what is going on? Josh is with a megaphone talking about stuff. And it just felt like a really cool vibe that that happened. So I think that was the highlight for me. And then after that, we had a barbecue at the gym, super fun, Hmm. a little wrap up. I ate too much food, (laughs) just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I I felt like, uh, cause you said this was your favorite, favorite one. And, and I just think we, we talked about this in a previous episode, I think right after coming back from Move NYC and um, Hubbable and talking about like what worked at the gym, what didn't work. And one of the challenges that we solved essentially with the spot maps, because we had a spot map on, on day two as well for the Cole Harbor area downtown. And one of the challenges with Vancouver as a city is we don't have a spot like Josiah Quincy. Um, some <laughs> in, in Boston, which is just a, a, massive concrete area with just features all over the place and can host over a hundred people pretty well. I feel like (laughs) Josiah is made up of like six different Vancouver spots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you were to combine six Vancouver spots together, you'd get, but not even, not even, not even just like in, in walking this, but like an eye shot. Of, yes. of each other, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. So, so Vancouver, we, I, I think I remember having people react to Vancouver back in the day when they would come for, um, for an SPL event and talk about, like I remember Max Henry was like, is Vancouver one of those cities that looks like it should have good spots but doesn't really? And I, I, like, I couldn't tell him that he was wrong. But I, I think over the years, I've, I've become to understand like exactly what Vancouver has to offer. And I, I think I've been like, you know, I've definitely had years where I'm like, it sucks to do parkour here, which I think everyone feels like in their, their own city. And you've always been. I've always been the naysayer been the, with yeah, that. Yeah. I think Vancouver is awesome <laughs> for parkour. Yeah. There's so many good little tuckaways. And mm. and the the problem with it is that is we don't have any really big meeting place spots like a Josiah. Yeah. So I think if we had something like that, centrally located downtown or at UBC or something like that, mm-hmm. then it would be great as like, okay, here's our meeting spot. And then we can go to all the little clustered spots yeah. around the area. Yeah, we have smaller spots um, and, and some of them are jam spots. And a jam spot, it can't be, usually for us, it can't be something where there's gonna be a lot of like high risk challenges. And so this is something with someone, something where someone like Tim Champion, on this visit, because he was in Vancouver for, for a bit, I was able to take him out for two sessions where I just knew, I kind of I kind of understood what he was looking for for spots, because in the past he said that he really didn't care for doing parkour outside of Vancouver. Like, he loves the gym, but he didn't care for the spots that he ended up going to. And I was like, well, those are like the jam spots. And the jam spots are going to be flatter and like usually just public parks, public park areas. Yeah. And he wants some risk. He wants some levels and stuff. And I said, like, well, there's I we have lists of of uh, challenges that have been spotted but never hit because we just don't take people there because they're not the jam spots. And so it's I was also able to a weird expectation to be like, hey, let's 
go to this crazy like high risk spot yeah. where you're gonna where it's like that's the only thing to do there well that's exactly what i did with tim i know i, I don't know but i'm saying that for most for most yeah. people in most scenarios mm-hmm. but the thing about so i know i i know you took him to blood alley yeah we took him to a spot called blood alley <laughs> so blood alley at least there are other a little bit of other things to do there mm-hmm. so it's like I could, We've actually had a jam there before. Yeah, exactly. Like there, it's not like a crate. It's not like there's nothing to do there. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best jam spot, mm-hmm. but it's also like you could do like a bit of a jam there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like there is some crazy high risk stuff that you can do at Blood Alley, and he did. <laughs> He yeah. did indeed. He did. It was great because all I, I looked had... at that freaking Kong for so many years uh, and been like, oh, it's right there. But yeah. It was crazy because I I uh, just rolled up to it with him and and he just saw the move. Right? Like I didn't have to say like, Ooh, do you think you could? Because I, I don't like doing that. You know, I, yeah, I don't yeah. like taking because it's it's setting a weird expectation for the athlete too. If I took someone who is of like Tim's caliber and said like, oh, I found this like crazy jump. I think you could do. You know, and so it's like when people like point at holes for me to dive through. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you it's love like, it. Yeah. You know, like you. Sometimes people will point out a really cool one, mm-hmm. but almost never. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. Usually it's the opposite. It's like, no, that's not that's not one, or there's nothing interesting about it other than it's small. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same same thing. I think when I'm bringing people to stuff, like it does take a little bit of restraint to point out all the cool challenges that you know. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I prefer the exploration and the finding of it. And mm-hmm. so if somebody's like, oh, well, here's double Kong and here's a, um, like a, a lache and here's a thing that you could do. It's like, yeah, takes away some of the magic of the experience. And I'm stoked that Tim was able to find the thing that he wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. So, yeah. He still has yet to, there's, there's one thing that he did that he hasn't posted yet. Was it at Blood Alley he, as well? The, the, this, no. It was, okay. They're both on the same day and he, he only... Just if you go on Tim Champion's Instagram, you'll see uh, it's a rail Kong to like rail pre that he fronts out of. That's like the blood alley gap. Uh, but there's another challenge he did on the same day that's in a completely different location that he hasn't posted yet. And I don't know if he ever will because the man has like really high standards with what he posts on Instagram. Yeah. I feel like he has so many... He must right, have well, so you, many B-roll clips. You're gonna need up. to tell me what he did because I didn't. I don't know what he did. You uh, don't have to. You don't have to expose it for the viewers. Do you want me to explain it right now, or just because I think it's it's not really? Is it something I would know? It's a it's a gap you would know um, that has been like everyone. A couple people have done the cat leap. Uh, it's at oh, the stadium. Yeah, yeah. I, I, already, um, I already know. What yeah. You're so him and Arturo did the pre back, which I was looking at and. I I do need to that one is now haunting me because <laughs> I can definitely make the gap. I just it's it's at a distance where it's like this is far enough for me to start doubting my ability, yeah. but it's definitely well within yeah, my ability yeah, yeah. to do because it's like two stories up. But but he, but he he just did the He didn't stick it. He um he did uh he did the cat back. What? <laughs> oh, wow, really? Yeah, down downward, but like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> down what cat you, to cat oh cat yeah. to cat okay yeah not not cat back pre no no okay because if you cat back pre i, I don't think okay is a thing. that's still crazy yeah. that he did the cat back to yeah. cat and the 
because of the consequence there oh my yeah. goodness we also got kicked because there's there's a descent that can be done with it that would be really cool a drop to the yeah yeah okay but he, that he needs won. to happen yeah he, he did the drop like he did all the moves separately he just didn't oh put it together gosh. so you guys <laughs> so cool <laughs> i feel like this is weird talking about on a basically like an audio show. i love it because they're <laughs> seeing my reaction or hearing my reaction and yeah. they just know they they just know that this is a messed up thing yeah all right well we can move on from that and now that i know that that happened i can i can uh can die happy because uh, <laughs> it's like i don't know it's like there's always things in van like around vancouver mm -hmm. and i'm sure other people get this experience too where mm -hmm. they spot gaps or 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 things that could be done in different areas in mm -hmm. their city and they're like man if only like I was better and I mm -hmm. could go, I could do this or somebody of a high enough level could yeah. do this. It would be so cool to see. And now knowing, like having the knowledge that like Tim's done some of these things, like wild to think about. Cause these are things that I've looked at for years mm -hmm. and the cat bag I've never looked at, but <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I, it's, there's a thing that I think you and I have started to come to terms with, which is, just having challenges that are so things that have never been done. And I, and I, I really think that people are misusing NBD or never been done because I never, I've never been done should be something that was considered. I, I think that I, cause it's, it's, it's easy to go to a spot and be like, no one ever did this before. Well, it's like no one ever considered. And it's that, you know, cause it could be like something that's not a big deal. It's just like, yeah, no one really moved that way or chose to like, go this direction but but i really feel like if we're going to celebrate celebrate an nbd it, it actually should be something that was considered for years but had never been done because of how messed up it is or or it needs a different title because because that's that stuff really matters but what well, it just it depends right yeah. it could be a trick like triple triple flyaway or you know or yeah. things like that like when a new trick happens it's like well that was an nbd yeah but it's same i think it's like if somebody does I'm going to say something ridiculous, but a double side flip across the IMAX gap, mm -hmm. that's an MBD too. Yes. Um, yeah. Or like, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, well and that, that actually fits because if it's, if it's IMAX two, the gap, IMAX two has like this, pr this crazy progression now of tricks yeah. where it, I, I'm sure back in the day it was uh, standing pre or standing cat. Who knows which one happened first. And then, Kong Cat and then Kong Pre and then just it just blew up from there. Oh, Kong Kong Stab. Yeah, Front and foot. so so you have this list of MBDs, but it's because um, I I but I still think those things those are things that are considered like uh, even like Dash Pre um, yeah. that happened more more recently where that was something that had been considered but never been done. Right. Right. I, I don't know what the if there's an asterisk or something, but yeah, that that's what I feel like should be celebrated, and that's. Um, made a big deal of <laughs> is when it's never been done but it's been considered okay. but no one so here's a question wanted to do it tim did the cat back to cat mm -hmm. had anybody ever considered it no so it <laughs> hasn't so been considered up. so it's not an nbd but it is an nbd oh it's uh, yeah 100 percent. you know nobody's ever done that yeah but nobody also ever considered it until yeah. that day apparently yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, there's there's a def, there's a definition here somewhere. There's something of what, I, I hear what you're saying, but mm -hmm. I think there's definitely like this. 
it, it's missing something mm-hmm. because that's that's maybe like a classic gap mm-hmm. that's been known about mm-hmm. and so doing the cat back to cat is an nbd even mm-hmm. though it had never been considered before mm-hmm. but the gap has been known about and jumped in in, in various mm-hmm. in well only really one way mm-hmm. years ago yeah so i don't know I think about like if like known structures something mm-hmm. new happens on it that I think mm-hmm. could be still an mbd yeah Okay, so th- there was a point I was I was I was trying to bring up. Okay, uh, you, let, let me let me uh, rewind so here. Let back. me rewind here for a second to get back to it, because um, we're still on we're still on NDB and NBDs here. NBD. Uh, no big deal, baby. So I I didn't I technically um, so much pride in my voice uh, did an NBD this summer uh, with the the cat leap the the PC cat. Uh, the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and this was this this to me like really counts as an nbd uh because many people had considered it many yeah. people have looked at there's a couple different places where you could do like that's maybe not even the best place there's actually some other other spots that one just appealed to me because there was a bit more of a line i could build with it but it's just a it's a standing cat and there's a couple different places and every time i look at it i think ah someone could do this is it going to be me and then it was me. It was like, you know, some, so much people, other people will, particularly after I think I dropped the video. And that's something I'm actually excited about with the video is there is just kind of like setting a standard in some certain spots and, and hopefully people one up me and, you know, do certain things. But uh, one thing that I was saying that I think you and I have come to terms with, particularly with MBDs, particularly with challenges that haunt you and that get put on a list and think like, oh, one day I'm going to do this or someone's going to do this is coming to terms and realizing that maybe we're not that guy, mm, you yeah. know? And I, and I don't mean to say like, Oh, I'm not that guy anymore. Um, Cause I do think there's stuff I'm going to hit, but sometimes it's just like, you know what? I've had the opportunity to do this for five years or whatever the case may be for whatever challenge. And I haven't done it yet. I really need to take someone else here and show them this challenge yeah. because well, that, clearly I'm not that guy. <laughs> that happened for one of the things in Ollie's video. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where it was just like this thing that I had in my head. I was like, I'm going to do this one day. It's going to be so sick. I'm going to showcase the side of me that's mm-hmm. not diving through stuff and not climbing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? My knee hurts. And <laughs> I'm old and I don't know if I'm ever going to do this. So yeah. I just showed it to Ollie and then he crushed it. And now it can't be done anymore because of the benches that have been installed. Oh, really? It blocks the run-up. Oh. So. I didn't realize that. So it's like one of those things where it's like, if I would have held on to that and been like, one day I'm going to do this. It really would have been never been done. It may never have happened. Yeah. And so. It would have been an, it would have been an NVD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, it's not that funny. But, but it's like, on the topic. It would have never been done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I guess this is kind of, it's, it's one of those lessons. And we talked about this lesson before, which is, you know, the, if you're going to do something mm. and you're ready to do it, you should just do it. Mm-hmm. Because one day you may not be able to do it mm-hmm. because the spot's taken away from you. Maybe you're not in good enough health to do it. Oh, you're making me think of things that are haunting me right now. Or you should just <laughs> hand the baton to somebody who's more willing to do it. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's that 
it, I think you, you've said this before, but mm. you're like, ah, oh, I don't know. Like Tom might have given up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it's, it's like, did I give up? Um, yeah, maybe I gave up a little bit, at least in some areas, but you didn't retire. I'm not fully retired yet. <laughs> um, the goal is to never retire. Exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, agree. I agree. I think, I think it's weird when people, uh, uh, sorry, do you want to stay on the subject, but, uh, well, Jesse LaFleur <laughs> announced his retirement and he retired from being a professional parkour athlete, but he still does parkour and he's still like he showed, he showed up to compete at Kings of the Concrete qualifier, for instance, mm-hmm. um, which is an example of somebody who can like retire from being like pushing the like professional yeah. side of the sport, but still enjoy doing parkour. I, I think a true retirement is actually uh, in the same team, Frosty. Yeah, Frosty truly retired. We don't he, know if he's he might do jumps on the side. Like, Oops. okay, so in terms of retiring from parkour, like I think, I think for both of them, it was a retirement. Like they say, pro athlete, which I always have an issue with that term in parkour. But that's a whole other conversation. If anyone can call themselves a pro athlete, it's Jesse LaFleur. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I think for both of them, retirement, what it really meant was not pushing themselves to to really like squeeze more out of themselves really mm. you know um i think there's a point where and this is something i'm trying to figure out for myself where it's like when do i stop trying to s- squeeze <laughs> more more a bit like more ability where it's you know i i clearly can't um getting closer to 40 i pr- probably clearly can't do uh more like output ability you know i think I'm just trying to hold on and ma- and uh, maintain the like past gains of output, but I I think there's still more that I could get myself to do mentally. You know, there's still challenges where things that are, you know, on on my NBD list where it's like, oh, you know, if I just can get myself to try, you know, I can, you know, if I can get myself to actually commit to jumping, this this is reasonable to still still hit and so i am still trying to squeeze that squeeze that out because a lot of my enjoyment for parkour comes out of of uh leveling up i guess Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean i've i've talked about this before but it felt like for for a lot of years i completely forgot about the concept of trying to get more output Mm -hmm. and like build up the physical side of parkour and it was my progression was exclusively aimed at improving mental mm. the like psychological component of parkour and i feel like i mostly succeeded there and i'm going to be honest i don't feel like right now i'm doing that either mm. so there's like some some different challenges that i'm like i'd like to complete and and get done but uh, my list isn't terribly long right now, and it's uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It, there's still I, I still find a lot of enjoyment. Like the jam at UBC, I had a lot of fun at just playing around at the spot and doing different things. And some of it's hard stuff. Some mm-hmm. of it's not particularly hard. Um, but I don't I don't feel the same fire that I used to feel. Mm-hmm. 
of like, ah, like I'm, I'm doing everything I'm doing is to, is aimed at improving my ability to do mm. jumping, climbing, swinging, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm probably delusional to like some extent, like I, I fully understand. I'm not saying that it that's what I should be doing. No, it does, just... I don't, well, it was also like, you know, are you, um, people have different goals with how they want to live their life at a certain point. And we're, we're talking as guys that have been doing it. I'm, I'm on my 20th year of parkour and I'm 37. You know, so I, I started parkour when I was 17. I'm 37 years old now. So it's not just age because I, I really, Ooh, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to be careful with my next words because um, a lot of people will celebrate, um, you know, like parkour over 40 or whatever. And there is a difference between age and training age. Um, and so I think That's a lot very of, true. Sorry, and, and I think it is something to be celebrated and I'm not saying it shouldn't be celebrated. I think it's freaking amazing um, when people that aren't part of the typical parkour demographic of like 18 year old dude, um, are doing parkour and particularly if they can do it at any sort of like um advanced level it's it's awesome it's incredible what i actually want to get at is that i think when people set expectations for themselves so like if you're 20 and you see someone who's 40 and you look at the way they're moving and you're like oh there's hope for me maybe maybe not it's it's the kind of thing where there's you have to combine as I just said, training age with age. So, and I, and I think some of the stuff that's happening recently with my knee, um, it's kind of a, a sign where I don't know. I, I've, and I've kind of posted and talked about this where it's like, I kind of feel like I'm running out of time. And actually that pressure allowed me to do some of the stuff I did this year. Mm. Um, just feeling like it's, it's kind of now or never um, because I don't, that there might be uh, one day where I suddenly wake up and it's like, oh, you know, I've been having some knee pain for the last couple weeks because, you know, my knee's clearly arthritic and it's missing cartilage and stuff that's supposed to be there that they, they took out. And so I could wake up one day where it's like, it actually hurts too much now. And I, and it, and I have to get like a knee replacement or something. And knowing me, I'll probably still try to do parkour with a knee replacement, but it might look quite different. So, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I do think there's. I don't know. It went I'm, dark real fast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of. I'm cause, I guess I'm kind of <laughs> jaded, but it does. It is. It is this thing that kind of keeps coming up for me, where people are talking about parkour late, and I think they are really missing that component where it's it's not just your age; it's it's your training age. It's not just like someone like um, oh you know Bo Kendall who apparently broke his femur recently, um, and I'm I'm a big fan of Bo and what he's doing. And I think it, it's awesome and it's incredible, but I don't think like when I'm 56, I'm also going to be doing 12 foot running prees. I, I think it's very unlikely that I will be at the, at the pace that I'm going at. It's very unlikely. If anything, um, if anything, I, what's probably going to happen to me is exactly what most uh, naysayers would predict. Where it's like, I'm going to be, I might be a mess <laughs> by the time I'm 50 um, at, at the pace I'm going at. And I'm just at a stage where I'm trying to make peace with that, really, mm -hmm. I guess is what it is. But here's the, here's the question is, do you think that if you were to stop mm. tomorrow, mm. you'll still be a mess? Yeah. So, it, <laughs> well, it's just the, the way that you're communicating this, mm. it sounds like what you're like 
if you continue to do parkour, you're mm. going to be a mess. But really, it's like it's all, the damage is already done. Yeah. Right. Do you, so here. I actually think I'm better off continuing to, to do. And this is the thing my uh, my surgeon said to me. Yeah. Who was like, you should quit parkour. Um, I don't think it's a good idea. I've seen the inside of your knee and I don't think it's a good idea that you keep doing parkour and, and then coming to an appointment um, 18 months post-surgery and telling him I'm doing what I'm doing. And he's like, oh, well, I guess your success story. Um, keep up. He said, he said verbatim, keep up with your activities. Yeah. Knowing what my activities are. Well, know? see, that's the, th that's the thing though. It's hard to trust what that surgeon is even saying because mm -hmm. Most people don't really understand what the demands of parkour are. Mm -hmm. And maybe it is extreme stress on your knees or like maybe it's less than they think it is. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like I, I, could see, I could see a scenario where they're just thinking parkour is always super intense, super extreme. And there's like you're just you're just wearing your knees with every like every time you go out and i don't know if that's necessarily true mm -hmm. i think that's probably just uh a misunderstanding of what parkour is just like the general public misunderstands what parkour is like people don't even realize that we actually practice things before we do them yeah they just think we're just like do going around mm -hmm. jumping around and whatever freestyle improv mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. and it's like no, no no like we actually like rehearse and and work through and problem solve. And then after a certain point, we finally get to the point where like, all right, we're ready to complete this movement. So I don't know, screw your, <laughs> screw your, your, uh, your surgeon. He doesn't, he probably doesn't know what he's talking about. But I guess what I'm concerned is like, you're, we're talking about parkour as longevity. I'm concerned that you're scaring people away from doing <laughs> parkour when the reality is that the things that can happen in parkour can happen in other activities that put you at risk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the other um, way of, of defining it or talking about it, which is something I think we've had a conversation about before, which is like training for performance. Mm -hmm. And so I've been someone that's always trained for performance for high performance. And I still like yesterday I was doing plyometric stuff and I actually think that training is more detrimental long-term than just if I were someone that kind of took, okay, this is, this is what I got. You know, this is my body. This is what I got. Um, these are some of the deficiencies, but I'm just going to sesh. I'm just going to do parkour. And within doing that, you probably develop some uh, <laughs> imbalances for lack of a better term. I don't, I don't know what else to call it. That would be, well, I think you, that's the, you probably like, favor certain, yeah. certain or like um yeah like yeah if you have a messed up ankle you're gonna just like yeah or like correct i, in I mostly ways. twist the same way or jump off the same leg or whatever you know you're gonna develop some of these imbalances and so yes it's smart to have some sort of strength and conditioning protocol um or just general physical preparation protocol which would include plyometrics where it's like i'm doing an equal amount of jumps on each leg however because this is like maximal effort training, which you don't have to do <laughs> to, uh, to be healthy. Uh, but because I'm doing like maximal effort type things, I think this like adds to, I guess, my own, uh, I didn't want to say detriment because <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel that way it either. It adds to the wear and tear. 
yeah, the wear and tear or yeah, just the, again, the, the training age. Um, I think you could have two people that say they did parkour for 20 years and that can mean very different things. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, super true. Like another guy I look at is like Jason Paul, um, who I think is still at like a, he, he, at one point, Jason Paul was best in the world. You know, if you didn't know that Jason Paul was, uh, I think you'd have a hard argument to say that he wasn't <laughs> the best in the world at one point. Um, and then I think he had his own injuries. He gained some weight. He had a kid, but he's someone that's still like, he never, I never see anything from him that says like, I'm in pain or I have this anymore. Like he seems to be doing quite well and still is, um, maybe even elite uh in some ways but even so here's the thing with him too is even if he does have pain he mm. has a way of moving and enjoying parkour mm. that doesn't necessarily involve making things yeah. worse which is a great e example to go off of too and i i think for me um <laughs> having had like two big injury comebacks i really get into a love for parkour um in both in both scenarios where like i had I had atrophied and completely lost the ability to use a leg twice. And when that happens to you and then you can use your leg again, parkour is so enjoyable. Like I'm just so open to like, everything's fun. I'll sure I'll learn this new sort of like static move that normally doesn't put the wind in my face or give me the risk and the things that I, that I really enjoy. But then you get back to like being kind of like hundred percent. And for me, it's like, I need risk and I need um, wind in my face to really, to really enjoy, you know, mm -hmm. um, I have an appreciation for like static movement and, and some of the things he does, like some of the more like dance orient, dance inspired or, um, yeah, I don't think any more, more words to describe what, what he, what, he, what you're talking about that he does. It just, I have a, I have a tough time going there unless I'm physically handicapped. And that's probably, maybe it's a problem I, I need to address. I don't know. Um, this is the type of parkour that you enjoy, yeah, yeah. and it's a, and and people and that's the thing about parkour is people enjoy different types of of the expression of it. Yeah, uh, and I mean, like even even you and I have like we both have more traditional parkour styles, but we have still pretty different like spot enjoyment or like specific moves that we would enjoy doing. Um, and of course, there's crossover, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am kind of looking forward to, I mean, I'm not in a rush, but I'm looking forward to like being in my forties to see like how well I could still move mm. as, you know, somebody who be at that point, uh, over 20 years training. And so high training age and also like, you know, mm -hmm. kind of getting into like the middle age, uh, region in terms of my biological age so mm -hmm. because this is so it's cool because we've seen like the yamakaze and david bell get and sebastian fukan get older and enter into their 40s 50s and it's like oh wow like you know they're still moving and stuff but our generation is the generation that's done more parkour as we know it today mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so as we get older we're going to be the first generation that's entering into that realm where we did parkour as a 
sport. And they did parkour more as just like, a, uh, I don't know what to describe it as a lifestyle. I mean, it's still a lifestyle for us, but lifestyle or quote unquote discipline. Mm -hmm. They did parkour differently in the 80s and 90s than, or even the early 2000s than we are doing, um, you know, 20, 30 mm -hmm. years later. And I'm really curious to see how I, how my body still moves and, and how, cause, cause even somebody like Bo or some of the parkour practitioners who have been doing parkour for a long time, but started at a much later age, they move differently than like our generation does. Mm. You know, like Bo is 56, you said? Yeah. Bo is 56, he started at age 40. Uh, I think late 40s actually, okay. but I'm uh, not sure. <laughs> Someone help if you know. <laughs> Well, because there's that video that's called the 40-year-old free runner, isn't it? Yeah, but he's like he's in his late 40s at the time, though. It's like the 47-year-old uh, free runner. Okay. Or something. I think it's what all right, well, all right. Let's say he started yeah. 45 years old or mm -hmm. something. So I think he moves differently than somebody who started when they were, I don't know, 20. So you're saying someone who was who started when they were 20, but they're like in their 40s now? Or, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. Like like a Sebastian Foucault. Because they're not that far apart in age. I don't, I don't yeah. consider Sebastian Foucault in that, same, mm. in that same world. Because I guess what I'm saying is like, like, like you actually, you're almost mm. 40, right? Mm -hmm. You're 37. Yeah. You're, so you're 37. Bo is 56. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, I feel like the two of you move very differently. Mm. even though you've been doing parkour for the same amount of time during the same period of time. I mean, I, I definitely would say that I'd, I've been doing parkour longer than him. Okay. Uh, let's say, <laughs> let's say I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find your example here. I'm trying to, I'm trying yeah. to find, like, let's say yeah. like we have two people starting parkour at the same, same during the same period of time for mm -hmm. the, let's say the same length of time as mm -hmm. well. One starts at 47. Mm-hmm. The other starts at 20. Yeah. There's going to be a very different way that they are actually. Well, yeah, because you're already at, if you're starting at 47, it's like you're not. You have a lifetime not in your peak of athletic habits. time. Yeah. But you have a lifetime of habits that are different. Yeah, it's true. I think it's harder to, it definitely gets harder to break habits when mm -hmm. you're older than when you're younger. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying a 20-year-old, but I mean, imagine a you know, a 15 year old or a 13 year old or whatever it is. Well, you give examples of like, um, if you wanted to compare me to like one of the stores, cause like stores, they, they all, um, they all started like pre 2010. So some of them are coming up They're They're past the decade, past 15 years. They're going to be coming up mm -hmm. on like 20 years as well. Um, so I started when I was 17, but I think you have, uh, like Callum may have started at like 13. Yep. for example, or Toby may have started at like age 12 or something. And their, I think their first five to 10 years of parkour were like way different than my first five to 10 years of parkour. Um, yeah. One, because of the cultural difference, um, but also um, like even 17 compared to 12 
is like way older. In terms of like what you can learn as an individual, like as a 12 year old, you can absorb like so much yeah. as a 17 year old, like not, not as much. Still really young, but not, not the same. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, I think there's going to be a big difference is like, you know, people who start later in life, in their life are going to, they move differently than somebody who's like, like us as we age into our 40s we're gonna mm -hmm. have like a totally different experience with parkour i think yeah when i look forward to like what you're saying i look forward to it as well um like i think we're gonna we're, we're gonna not be moving the same as like we're gonna be like in, as long as we're healthy and as long as we're still doing it we're gonna be moving way better than sebastian fukan moves right now when we're his age we'll see we'll see how messed up i get i think i think like one of the Things I like pride myself on too, um, which you know is even to be, even something to be proud of is is that I, I've never taken a break. You know, when I say twenty years, it's like twenty years of of training several times a week. Um, yeah. And if I couldn't do like parkour on two feet, I was doing I was doing like strength and conditioning upper body, or I was climbing, or I was um, doing something else. But it was all like very parkour centered. Um, uh, and I think like Seb just took a long break from parkour. It would actually have been interesting to see if he had yeah. stayed in it more like culturally to like, to like modern parkour. Um, Cause he does a bunch of like cool, like strides and jumps like now, um, which is again, really incredible to see a guy who's like 50 do. Um, but yeah, it would, it would be interesting to know what that would look like if he didn't like separate himself from the culture so much and had a more like modern style. Um, by the time we're 40 and 50, we might not have a modern style anymore either. Like it might oh, be true, like yeah. the, you know, or contemporary or whatever you want to call it. You know, we could, it could be like, oh, this guy looks like he did looks parkour. Like he started in the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um. <laughs> um, yeah. That's interesting. And it, yeah. I guess I also wonder, will our style change? Like, will we, will we still be training with? the the younger generations oh i think i think i will be yeah. yeah i think i get a lot out of um harnessing the life force of the youth <laughs> and drink their blood um i think i i think i get Renee a lot said of... we're training a blood alley today <laughs> what does that mean what does that mean um yeah i, I think yeah. i get a lot out of training with uh uh with the kids yeah. As long as they don't think I'm weird. It's okay. Oh, they do. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you have a, uh, I remember, uh, so Dylan Poland, uh, who we see quite a bit of, yep. he was saying like, he, he has, uh, by the way, phenomenal standing back tuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good. It's good back tuck. Can do it anytime on request. But uh, he, he said, like, one of his goals in life is to just be able to do it for as long as, as possible. Like, that's the one. Do you have any, like, types, like, moves like or types of moves? goals? Yeah, that you're like, I want to be able to, I still need to be able to do this when I'm 50. 
I mean, definitely shoulder roll. I don't know. That's just like a fundamental skill that I want to keep as long as All possible. Right. I thought you were going to get a little more ambitious on me. Here, well, it, it was just the first thing that came to mind is like, I want to be able to fall like comfortably mm. and like, mm -hmm. um, but like side flip. You do a side flip when you're 50? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be able to do a side flip when I'm 50. Yeah. Um, it's not like, that's not what I, comes to mind though. Mm. I, the thing is I rarely do flips in general like side flips maybe well, I, I pulled that out because i was trying to think of like a specific movement that doesn't require a lot like you just whip out anytime and flips are you know there's yeah, something you yeah. should I be mean, able to whip out anytime you, you can't you can't whip it out anytime necessarily but like mm -hmm. i don't know climb up like a good climb up mm -hmm. um it'd be cool to be able to do just always mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it's like i gotta get on top of yeah. something real quick <laughs> yeah i've always i've always had a standing pre-obsession and I, and i think it's like one of those things too where i'll go to um spots and like whatever ones were, have been the big ones for me like historically i'll, I'll like make sure like i can you still, still hit. do them yeah. yeah but i'm just there's gonna be a day I, I was saying this the other day i was at like andy Livingston park where there's like a curb one and i, I think it's just it's it's a few inches under 10 feet but i can still do it and I still have been able to do it. And I'm just, I actually can, there was a time where I think I could do it ease, more easily, but I was scared to, like I would routinely go back to that spot cause I would do like sprint drills or whatever the field, roll up and then roll up to the spot and be like, all right, I'm just gonna knock out some standing pre's. And I'd be like, <sighs> but I have better, uh, I have better commitment now. And so I just feel like it's less of a thing. Yeah, but I can't jump. I definitely can't jump as far jump as I could. Far, like yeah. I don't know, five years ago. Same. Um, yeah, I, I I I think the only thing that comes to mind for me is just be able to do a climb up. <laughs> just make sure I you... want to be able to do a climb up like mm. well into my seventies. <laughs> Ooh, all right. You know, yeah, that would be that would be sick. Although I might have arthritis by then in my shoulders. Yeah. Um, so that might not be able to happen. They got, they got treatments for that. Yeah. Shoulder replacements? I, I am just not, you know, I, I am, uh, I'm just hoping that medicine keeps up with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's my yeah. life plan. I like, the reason I bring up arthritis is because I have mm. a family history of osteoarthritis and mm. I'm probably gonna get that. And my dad's mm. hands are messed up, dude. <laughs> They are so messed up. They're just like claws. Like he had joint replacement in one mm. of his fingers. And now it, it goes from, it went from not being able to move at all mm. to being able to move like this. Okay. Does he still run by the way? It, well, not as much anymore because the osteoarthritis is in his foot now, mm. but he, he does, I think still, but he'll try to like bike now. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty messed up. Yeah. I mean, I guess to, to kind of, because we should end this, <laughs> to end kind of like on a positive, like going back to what my doctor said, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, he's, he, the last time I saw my, my surgeon was like, you know, keep up with your activities. And I, and I do think when I, because I am doing things right now that um, for me, I try to do things that I neglected. Like I'm trying to get more uh, range of motion out of my like left hip. I've been, mm. I've been really trying to focus on that lately, trying to just spend more time in a squat, spend more time um, sitting on my knees again, because I lost that ability for a bit because of the surgery. And, and I think just, you know, some, maybe it's mobility, maybe it's jumping, 
Um, but, but these are things where I, th I think that the, the secret really is just try to keep doing them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess we'll see, but, but I think that like, for me, it's just try to think of things. Cause I think when people say they have like knee pain in their thirties, you are like, what? Like, why? Like, why you got knee pain? You're like, why? And I think it's just cause they just don't do the things. They don't, they don't spend time in a deep squat. They don't spend time jumping. So of course it hurts because like your, t your tissues and your joints just aren't used to it. And so I think for, for me, and I, I guess I'm in you know, my own experiment, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to keep doing them. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to. You mean people like untrained people? Like yeah. saying like, oh, my knee hurts or my back hurts or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean is like the, <laughs> these things are going to happen to us anyway yeah, as we yeah. age. Like age is going to mess us up. Like mm. it's going to catch up to us eventually unless, unless we get some awesome scientists and yeah. business people building healthcare to a way that allows us to extend our life. Yeah. We're going to end up, you know, succumbing to age. Um, and so either that's going to happen sedentary in a chair or it's going to happen because I stuck a really gnarly pre. <laughs> <laughs> Too many times. Too many, yeah, too many times. Too many, too many, or, too many sick sticks. Or too many preps. Oh, yeah, too many preps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Preserve the body. Fewer yeah. preps. True attempts only. <laughs> um, that is that is key and key for me lately. Uh, but yeah, I think we should wrap it up there. Yeah. Yeah. This was uh, this is STS once again. Uh, this is the parkour show. I'm Renee. This is Tom. And we will see you again very soon.